This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. In this winter semester, we'll be sending out a series of shurim on understanding minhagim, different minhagim of Rabbanim uh, in the last uh, couple of generations, to be delivered by Harav Benjamin Tavoy. In the last broadcast, we discussed the custom of Chabad, of lighting the menorah in public places, not only in shul. I'd like to continue with raising the issue if it would be proper to light candles, menorah, in the morning of Hanukkah as well. Professor Sperber, in his Minhagei Yisrael, in the first volume, mentioned a custom in Kurdistan that they did light candles in morning in the shul also. He suggested it might be based on the Rambam's opinion that Hatavas Haneros is Hadlaka. In volume four of Minhagei Yisrael, Rabbi uh, Henshka, Professor David Henshka, is quoted by sending a, who sent a letter to or told Professor Sperber that this might be based on the Rambam's opinion that in the morning you would do do hatavas haneros and hatavas haneros is hadlaka. People have pointed out that this uh, source of the Rambam for using this Rambam as the source for a custom of lighting candles in the daytime has been already pointed out by various achronim. For example, in um, a sefer the, that I've mentioned before, this Bishvile Haminag of Rav Dvorkis, he quotes a tshuva of the Binyan Shlomo in Simon Nun Gimel, who said that according to the Rambam, if there were candles were out, you had to do hadlaka. So therefore it might follow the custom of Beis HaMikdash to put up the candles in the morning. Rav Dvorkis also quoted that the Arsameach at the end of Hilchus Hanukkah disagreed with this practice completely. And he said quoting the famous Gemara Psachim, Shraga B'tiara Lomahani, to light a candle in the daytime has no meaning. There's no additional light in the candle. At night, the candle lights up, it's apparent, it's obvious, and people look at it. In the morning, there's no awareness of having candles at all, so there's no point to it at all. It's interesting for me to note that in many shuls that I go to, I have seen that they light candles in the daytime. I have not seen anyone who really discussed this issue, whether you really should or not, except for the sources that I quoted. Of course, no one will say that you can make a bracha on the candles that are lit in the morning. That I have never heard or never seen. What is interesting, though, is uh, can you extend this idea and say that it would be a good idea to light the candles in the morning also in public places? As we said, uh, the Chabad does and some even do with a bracha. I'm not referring to 
the question to make a bracha, that's obvious in the morning you would not make a bracha. But still, would it be a nice idea, a good idea to do this in the morning as well? Well, according to the Arsameach, obviously not. And according to the people that say, based on the Rambam, you might argue this is only in a Mikdash Ma'at, like we said last week, about, in general, extending the uh, concept of lighting the menorah in the uh, to places outside a shul. Someone might argue and say that the concept of uh, a public gathering in the morning really just doesn't exist. Uh, we can discuss weddings by mitzvahs, even basketball games or public affairs that are held at night, so you can discuss the concept of lighting a menorah. But in the morning, there are no such pub- public gatherings. As I was taping this, I'm on my way to go to a bris, and I really thought about it. At the bris, there will be a, a, a considerable group of people. If you would really think that in any public gathering, so you should light menorah. But as I said before, I, I've never seen this outside the shul. Even in the shul, the Arsameach thought it was not at all a good idea. And therefore, the custom is some people do have to light in shul, other people don't have this custom at all. A second issue that I'd like to discuss today is regards who actually does light the menorah. The Gemara, of course, has the three-pronged stage of halacha. According to basic halacha, Near Yishuveso, it's sufficient to light one candle every night of Hanukkah. The Mahadrin, we have a, this argument, we have this idea of Ner Lecholechad Vechad. And then we have the Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin, where we have a Machlokas between Beshama and Besilel. My father used to comment as a rather uh, picante point that when the Gemara discusses the basic halacha, there's no machlokas. Even the mahadrin, there's no machlokas. Somehow when you get to a mahadrin and a mahadrin, very often that's when machlokas starts. But the mahadrin and a mahadrin is a machlokas b'shamay b'shilel. And of course, we pass like b'shilel, but there's another machlokas between the Rambam and Tosfus, what the mahadrin and a mahadrin do. According to Tosfus, the mahadrin and a mahadrin take into account how many nights of Hanukkah there are, but they disregard how many people there are in the house. Whereas, according to the Rambam, we take both into account. We take the amount of people in the house, plus the amount of night, the number of nights that particular night is. Interestingly enough, generally, the Sephardim follow the opinion of Tosfus, the Ashkenazi Psak, and light according to the nights of candle of Hanukkah, but not according to the amount of people in the house. The Ashkenazim generally pass in like the Sephardi Psak of the Rambam, that we take both into account the nights of, of Hanukkah plus the amount of people. This is one of the rare cases where we have a minag that the Ashkenazim follow the opinion, follow the Psak of the Rambam, who was a Sephardi, and you have the Svaidim who follow the opinion of the Tosfus, who's an Ashkenazi. In the book of Rav Zevin, the classic work, Moadim Balacha, he pointed this out, but he mentioned a some journal that came out in Satmir many years ago that made a list 
of various places where the Mechaber, Rav Yosef Cairo, the Sfaridi Posek, Paskin like the Ashkenazim, whereas the Ramah, Paskin like the Sfaridi Psak. Quite unusual. I don't have that safer available, and I couldn't see other cases. I wonder if some people would might remember some of the cases where Ashkenazim passing like the Sfaridim, and Sfaridim passing like the Ashkenazim. All this, uh, the custom of lighting, raises a, another question. According to the Ashkenazi custom, we light the amount of candles each night varies, goes up, like Beisilel, and we take into account the members of the family. Unlike the Rambam, who seems to say that one person, the Balabayis, lights for everybody, our custom is that each person lights his own menorah. It's famous that Reb Velvel has a whole explanation how we seem to follow the Rambam with a different emendation, that we all light our own menorah and we make our own bracha. The question that I want to discuss today is, what about women in the family? When I was a child, in my house, my father lit a menorah, the boys lit a menorah, my mother did not light a menorah, and my sister did not light a menorah. And I later on I began to think, if you say near l'chol echad ve'echad, then you should include the members of the family. So why is it that in my custom... My family custom, my mother my, did not light and my sister did not light. So, there is a discussion of this point in many Achronim. In the Sefer called the Shara Ephraim, he asked, why don't women light? And he answered, Ishto And in the Sefer called Mineg Yisrael Torah, they quote from the Tshuva Samarshal and other sources that also seem to say that women don't light because of Ishto Kugufo. In fact, the Mishnabura paskind that women do not light, married women do not light because Ishto Kugufo. But then the question would be, and what about the girls who are not married? Why would the single girls, my sister in that particular case, why would they not light right? So there's a sefer that he quotes called the Mishmeres Shalom, and he said it would be a little strange to think that the mother doesn't light because he took a gufo, but it's as if her children are more from, as it were, than she was, and they would light. It wouldn't be proper for the daughters to light if the mother didn't light. The Chassam Sofer, in his Chidushim on Shabbos, says a very Interesting idea, which perhaps is appropriate for the Chassam Sofer in the time in which he lived. He said, the custom is to light outside. Pesach Beis So everybody leaves their house and lights outside. Women don't go outside. Ain't kvuda, but the kavod of a woman is not to go out in the evening to Rishus HaRabim, to light. So he said, if women are all alone, there's no man in the house, so then there's a chiv of neri shaveso, so then you have no choice. You have to go out to light. But if there is a male to light the menorah, so to be yotze mahadrin mina mahadrin, 
to be machmir of uh, what he calls a minak chasidus, that the people should be machmir to light, that you would not do. Of course, the Chassam Sofer, who lived in Pressburg, probably did not light the menorah outside. In general, in Chutzarts, they lit the menorah inside. So why couldn't women light the menorah? And he said, because since the original custom was to light it outside, we never changed that original custom. And therefore, women do not light. If that's true, there would be no difference between married women and single women. They wouldn't go out at night. Of course, in today's world, this would be very difficult to uh, even think about that women could not go out or did not go out or would not go out to light menorah. And therefore, the question would be really, what would be the din both of single girls and married women? Rav Soloveitchik has been quoted. I heard him say this myself, that he does not understand how Ishto Kagufo applies in this particular case. Ishto Kagufo is a din that we have, in, for example, in uh, Eidos. A person cannot testify about himself. He's considered a baldava. He's considered a, not just a relative to himself, but he's considered himself. So a person to testify about his wife might be considered Ishto Gugufa might be considered not a relative, but Baldava. Of course, uh, to go into the world of Lamdis is not the proper time right now. One could perhaps recall a rush, arrive at a whole discussion if you, when you say Ishto Gugufa. Nobody's going to say that I could daven and my wife doesn't have to daven because Ishto Gugufa. I would have to keep, make Kiddush and Shabbos, but my wife doesn't have to make Kiddush. She doesn't have to hear me make Kiddush because Ishto Gugufa. So Rav Salvechik thought Ishtokugufa certainly doesn't apply here. So he thought that it would be simple that women should bench Hanukkah Licht as well. And apparently that was his custom. In the, in the Salavechik family, everybody bench Licht in order to fulfill the concept of Ne'er Hanukkah Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin according to Shita Satosfus according to Shitas HaRambam, that near l'chol echad ve'echad, and near to, for each night of Hanukkah. So, it's simple to me that, that Rav Salvechik's understanding would require women to bench licht, both married women and single women, to bench licht. If the custom is to bench outside, fine. Interestingly enough, generally the custom in Chutzlaretz is that people light menorah inside their house. In Eretz Yisrael, the general custom, at least I live in Alon Shvut in Gush Etzion, most people bench licht outside the house. So, is this a real difference in the minig of Eretz Yisrael and Chutzaretz? It doesn't seem to be. It seems that simply in Chutzaretz, people were afraid the menorah would be stolen, people would break it, they'd make a public statement. Uh, because we lived among, in a Gentile society, so people were afraid or didn't want to create a sensation by letting a menorah outside. Whereas in Eretz Yisrael, where we're privileged to live in an Israeli Jewish society, it's not a problem and we can be, fulfill the mitzvah the way it should be done, of lighting a menorah outside. <clears throat> One of the uh, Hasidic Sherebbes once explained that there might be a conceptual difference 
between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Haaretz. And of course, this is more in the realm of Drush than practical halacha. He said, in Eretz Yisrael, we make our house into a miniature Beis HaMikdash. We light the menorah there. And we hope that from our house, light will emanate to the rest of the world. Ki mitzion Torah. However, in Chutzaretz, we don't expect that our light will light up the world. What we hope to do is make sure that the darkness that's found outside our house will not enter our house. So therefore, we put the candles outside <coughs> as if to stop the darkness from entering our house. But in Eretz Yisrael, we light inside and hope that that light will light up the entire world. Another custom of Hanukkah that I'd like to mention is the custom of lighting with oil. What is the reason that we light with oil? So, many people think that the best reason for lighting oil is because the the original miracle was with olive oil, and therefore it's appropriate to use olive oil. This is uh, mentioned in many achronim. The Shulchan Aruch says all oil is kasher for Nechanaka. But the Ramah said mitzvah min to use olive oil. If there's no olive oil available, then you should light any oil that has a clear, pure light. The Maharal explained that the oil, the miracle was done with oil, and therefore you should only use oil. And this is the opinion quoted, the, the Maharal is quoted by the Mishnabura, by other Achronim. The Aruch HaShulchan added that olive oil is preferable because it it's a clear light. It lights very nicely. Rabbi Salavechik, if I remember correctly, I have not seen this in print, and I'm relying on my memory, which I admit might be fallible. Rabbi Salavechik said once that Hidur Mitzvah would be to make the mitzvah as clean and neat as possible. And since he had a problem with olive oil, he felt that it would be more appropriate to use candles, which have a very clear, simple light. There's no mess, there's no spilling. And it, if I remember correctly, he said that he himself lit with regular candles, not the little candles. We might discuss that a little later, but with regular candles, perhaps Shabbos candles. Of course, for those people who remember once upon a time when we used to light oil, we made our own wicks. We had to somehow roll up a little cotton, pour oil. Very often, the oil was would spill. It would get on our hands, get on all kinds of uh, over overspill. The wicks didn't always light properly. 
Okay, they had to be rolled just so. So in those days, I could understand that it might be better to light with candles, which were cleaner, lit better. Today, when we have uh, commercially available all these uh, wicks that they call in Israel petil tzaf, these floating wicks that are very, very easy. You don't have to roll them up. You don't have to do anything. And they light very, very well. Today, we can buy this box that has all the oil prepared in advance. That argument might not longer be applicable. Maybe today, it would be better to use the oil because it's just as clean, just as neat. And it is Shemin Zayis. There are people today who don't want to buy this box because they feel, no, it's more proper to do it yourself, to arrange the mitzvah yourself, to show chiv of ha-mitzvah. I don't know. I don't see poskim who really have raised this issue. It seems to me one of the important considerations would be to light a a menorah, which is clean, neat, will, will light well, and you won't have any problem lighting it. So today... I wonder if Rav Soloveitchik would have said what I think he said then, that he himself lit uh, candles. Perhaps today he would follow the custom of using olive oil as well. I'm just suggesting an idea that I can't prove. The Gemara says that you light a candle, Misha Tishka Achama, Ad Shetichle Regal Menashuk. Now, it seems from here that the time to light the candle is shkia. And the time until which it should be lit, or you could light it, without going into details and explaining these particular customs, I'd just like to mention that the Vilna Gom is quoted in Maserav as saying, that the time of Hadlaka Saner is Mishatishka Achama Kodem Sayusikachavim. The time to light candles is at Shkia. Now, today, there is a discussion, is this really the simple meaning of what the Vilna Gong did? Was that his custom to light at Shkia? That's what it seems in Maserav. Mishatishka Achama Kodem Sayusikachavim, that he lit candles at the time of Shkia. In Eretz Israel, Many people do light at Shkia, and it seems to me that's the simple pshat of the Gemara, of the Rambam, and the practice of the Vilna Gaon. But the other point is made by the Vilna Gaon in, the, in Maserav, the next piece in Maserav, Chatsi Shoach Azman Klos Menashuk Madlik Blo Bracha. He only would light with a bracha if it were within a half an hour from the time of close regal menashuk. Now, what does the Gemara mean by at close regal menashuk? Some people think it means you can light the candles till any from Shkia, but that would be preferable, but you can light it any time until close regal menashuk. And how long do the candles have to last? So we have a generally accepted practice that it should last about a half an hour, based on the Gemara. Rabbi Soloveitchik used to say that the idea of Pirsumanes obviously means to have the candles lit in order to show people the miracle. So he felt that the real mitzvah would be to light the candles 
from Shkia, and the candles should be lit. And when would be Tichle Regal Menashuk? When would that be considered? So the Rav used to say that it depends upon where a person lives. We live in Alon Shvut. So a person could argue in Alon Shvut people go out for Mariv. Yes. After Mariv, there are not that many people on the street anymore at the nights of Hanukkah. Maybe a few people will go away. But most people are home. And now, Mariv, let's say, especially the night of Hanukkah, people try to daf Mariv right after they bench licht, or before they bench licht, according to the custom you bench after Tzitzit So there are not that many people uh, on the streets later at night in, in certain towns which where they used to live, that they rolled up the sidewalks at night. So Tzitzit Tzitzit would be very early. But Rav Salvechik used to say that in a place like Times Square, where people are moving all night, would be much later. In Eretz Yisrael, I remember that people used to say that the Briskarav, who lived in an area which, of course, today became even more Haredi, but it was a Haredi neighbor then, used to feel that depended upon a very strange thing. He lived right near the famous movie theater in Israel called Kolnoa Edison. Today, of course, the neighborhood has changed, become much more Haredi. That movie theater no longer exists. It's only a memory in some people who still remember what it was Kolnoa Edison. So the Briskarav used to say that Tichlet Regam Depends upon when the last showing of the movies is over that night. That's when a whole group of people used to leave the movie theater. And until then would be considered Tichle Regam and Ashuk. Rav Salvechik used to light, as I said before, according to my memory, Rav Salvechik used to light candles. I think that he lit big Shabbos candles because he wanted them to light a few hours to be, to fulfill as much as possible the mitzvah of lighting Misha Tishka Achama at Regel Minashuk. The last minig that I want to discuss today is really not a minig as much as minig Rabbaseinu as I've been saying uh, the other customs of uh, lighting in the daytime or if a woman should light or uh, what is the best uh, type of oil to use but an interesting halacha on Puri, on Hanukkah that became a big topic of discussion. Hanukkah, of course, we say Halal Shalem every single day. Interestingly enough, the laws of Halal are found in the Rambam. Well, before I give it away, I always wonder what would happen, where would you think the laws of Halal would be? It seems to me, if I would put the laws of Halal in a Sefer, uh, based on the topic structure of the Rambam, I would put Halal in Hilcha's Tefillah. Part of Tefillah, you say Halal on certain occasions. But the Rambam has Hilcha's Halal in Hilcha's Hanukkah. It seems that the prototype of saying Halal would be found in Hilcha's Hanukkah. Now, the Rambam says clearly in Hilcha's Hanukkah that women are exempt from saying Halal. Now, when he said women are exempt from saying Hallel, 
you would assume that he's referring to Halel in the context of what she's speaking. Halel on Hanukkah. That raised a big halachic question. We know Tosus in Sukkah says that women are chayiv and halel on the night of Pesach. And the reason for that would be that the halel there is based on the miracle of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, is connected to Sipu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and women are also obligated. One may ex- extrapolate from there that there are two types of halel. There's halel that's said on Yom Tov, for example, on Shvuas, on Sukkis, and there's halal that's said for a miracle. For example, the halal of night of Pesach. And one might argue that halal of Yantov women are exempt, because that's a mitzvah say, Shazman Gama, whether it's Daraisa according to the Ramban, or Drabanan according to the Rambam, nevertheless, women would be parted from halal, because it's a mitzvah say Shazman Gama. However, halal, which is based on a miracle, then it seems to me that most logically that women should be chayef. The Torah's Raphael argued this point and he really wanted to claim that women are chayef in saying Halel on Hanukkah. Other people pointed out, but the Rambam himself said in Hilchas Hanukkah that women are part of Halel. Presumably he meant from all Halels. Why would that be true? So, one might suggest the following reason, that women are chayev in a mitzvah when the mitzvah is lefarsem etanes. In the three mitzvahs that we discussed last week, and we'll repeat now, Arba Kosos, Ne'er Hanukkah, and Mikkah Megillah. The mitzvah is based on Afen but the mitzvah is also lefarsem etanes. But a mitzvah that might be caused by the miracle but there's no mitzvah of Pirsamanes, then women might not be obligated. So saying Halal Chanukah might be considered part, I'm Chayiv because of the miracle, but there's no Pirsamanes involved. Then might argue that women are exempt. I don't know what the minig of women generally is. In, a, in our generation, it seems to me that we've been very successful in educating women in def- different seminaries and different schools all over the world. And more women, I think, daven today than ever before. So today, I would assume women do say halal. I always wonder, like, did anybody ever really know what the minig of women was to say halal on Hanukkah? Again, minig rabbaseinu, I would have trouble defining but I just wanted to raise this issue, whether indeed women are chayev in their Hanukkah, in, in Halal Hanukkah, because of the reason that this Halal comes about because of a miracle.